Welcome in to another edition of the Trojan Tailgate Network's SEC Recap Show. Tonight I am joined by my good friends, the King of Hot Takes, Big Papa Auburn Shepherd, and as always, Woe Swab. Gentlemen, how are we tonight? Man, I, I'm doing good. I, I'm excited to recap some parts of the Iron Bowl, and I uh, hope everyone is having a safe uh, holiday vacation until Christmas comes up. What about you, Shep? Man, I agree with you, man. A um, lot of lot of kind of unfortunate games of missing rivalry rivalry week last week. <laughs> um, but looking forward to the next few weeks to kind of see who who jumps the pack and who stays behind. Hampton, how are you this week? Brother, I'm doing great. Um, as everyone knows on this podcast, I'm a big Alabama fan. So uh, the Iron Bowl was everything I wanted and more out of that game. Uh, really enjoyed watching that. Enjoyed a good Thanksgiving, getting to see some family and spend time with them. Uh, just overall, really good weekend. And uh, as always, right like, Hampton. Oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> We wore masks. Nine and a half. No <laughs> hugging. Um, you know, the usual. Um, you know, you know me. I'm a rule follower to the end. So, uh, but no, we had we had a good time and um, cannot wait. Like, I, you know, I look forward to this every week, but cannot wait to break down a little SEC football with you guys. And, you know, quick programming note, our buddy Graham, he got put on baby duty tonight. Um had to be, had to babysit a little bit, so he will not be joining us. But we hope to have him back here next week, providing his uh, his great analysis. And um, so, Graham, if you're listening, we miss you. But uh, duty calls, brother. We we uh, we get it. We get it. So, guys, y'all ready to get right into it? Let's do it. Let's, Let's do it. it. All right. So, the game that we really really want to discuss. I don't know why I said really, really like that, but uh, <laughs> we want to dive into the Iron Bowl. You know, every year, uh, I mean, in my opinion, and probably all of our opinions, best rivalry in college football, uh, it's been, you know, last year was a really classic game. Uh, Auburn ended up winning 48-45, to 45, and you just knew that, uh, you know, at the recording of our pod last week, I don't think Nick Saban had tested positive for COVID yet, or he might have, um, but I don't think we played um, or talked about that much. But, you know, he went on the sideline for this game, and, you know, Auburn comes in as a pretty big underdog, but it's honorable, so you never know what's going to happen. Well, Alabama beat Auburn in every facet of the game and beat them 42-13. to um, off a stellar performance from Mac Jones, Najee Harris, and Devontae Smith. So, Suave, I want to start with you. What was your biggest takeaway from this game? And is there – do you think Alabama has room to improve even after this really impressive performance this past Saturday? What a great question, and I, I want to give a Nick Saban answer. There's, oh, there's no. always room for improvement. There you go. As, yes, as you heard him after the game, 
uh, he, he said he watched it on TV, and I mean, as I'm pretty sure all Alabama fans did, there's several blown coverages or missed assignments that, hey, if Auburn, the Auburn receiver catches the ball, put both hands on the football and looks it in, hey, you, you may be looking at a – not going to say Auburn wins, but a closer score, and you sure don't want them scoring at the end of the game. Uh, other, other than that, I mean, we all guessed it, that Auburn would – Stand somewhat of the chance to start the game, but after half or even starting the first of the second quarter, uh, Alabama's going to pull away with it. And you heard it, Joe Namath said it on college game day. Alabama doesn't get beat. We may mm-hmm. lose, but we, does, we don't get beat. And, and that gave me uh, – I, I picked Alabama to win, I know, by 28 last week on the podcast. But uh, on Saturday, I, I was feeling a 35-40-point uh, game for them. So I'm glad they pulled it out. What about you, Shep? Yeah, man, I I hate to say it. Like, the Iron Bowl, without that many fans, just didn't seem like the Iron Bowl. Mm-hmm. Um, you, you have Alabama coming in as, I mean, best team in the nation and, and really struggled defensively early on in the year. But it seems like defense is just turning around, really. I mean, they're yeah. pressuring the quarterback. Um, what was it, two interceptions? Yep. Um, I mean, the the defensive backs actually looked like they knew what they were doing. Granted, it's against a, a hurried Bo Nix if there's any pressure, so that kind of um, runs out the door with that. But it, it the game, the score doesn't really reflect how big of a difference the game actually was. Um, if you look at the breakdown, uh, Alabama scored one touchdown in the first and fourth quarters and then two in the second and the third. But, I mean, if you think about it, the way they played, they should have been a, like, they should have scored way more. Um, and then, you know, like you said, stellar performance from Mac Jones. Um, you know, what he did he tie Tua for most touchdowns in an Iron Bowl with five? Passing. Um, yep. Yeah. Tua, passing. In 2018, Tua had six total because he had a rushing in there. But um, yeah, he tied. Okay. Well, I mean, like, Mac Jones has just continued to improve. Um, each and every game and that's one thing that's kind of absurd to me is how you have these people coming out talking about um, you know JT Daniels being a first round draft pick and Matt Jones <laughs> being a second round draft pick and it's like yeah. what what kind of smack crack are you smoking because we'd like some of that down in South Alabama mm-hmm. like uh, I mean Mac Jones I hate to say it but he's arguably been the most important figure on Alabama's football team this year mm. um apart from Najee and Smitty, really. Um, but, I mean, he's controlled the game. He hasn't lost them any games. He hasn't hurt the team. And he's shown that he can get the ball in the end zone without throwing interceptions. Five touchdowns this week, no interceptions. I mean, when when is everybody going to finally put respect on Mac Jones' name, Hampton? Well, if if they hadn't by now, Shep, then they just don't know football. Uh the people clamoring for JT Daniels to be a first-round draft pick after one game against a team that had 43 scholarship players, I don't want to hear from that person. They had no credibility to me whatsoever. Um, I think the people who know football know that Mac Jones has been the best quarterback in college football this year. Uh, he's been better than Trevor Lawrence. He's been better than Justin Fields. Um in my opinion, he's been better than Kyle Trask. I know the stats don't 
say that. Yeah. Uh, because Kyle Trask has no running game to speak of, so he has to throw the ball, and his stats are inflated because of that. But to me, there's no way that you can watch both of them and think that Kyle Trask is better than Mac Jones. Um, that's just me, and that's not me being an Alabama homer. Uh, that's just me being real and objective by what my eyes tell me and what my eyes show me. Uh, I think, you know, it was a stellar performance from him. Najee, I don't know what else to say about Najee. I think Najee's Najee. Najee's Najee, but let me tell you something. Y'all might disagree with me, but I, I'm I'm ready to make this statement. Najee Harris is the best all-around back in the Nick Saban era. Uh, I'm not saying he's the best, but as far as what he brings to the table, you know, in the passing game, he's a really good um, pass blocker. And, uh, I mean, the dude averages like six or seven yards a carry. And he rarely has, um, I think the longest run of his career is 42 yards. And that was against Kentucky last week. Um, so, I, you know, I definitely think he, you know, he's been incredible and been a staple for this team. Devontae Smith, uh, you could argue, is the best receiver in the Nick Saban era. He, every week, that dude is – I mean, he's the number one option on the team. With no Jalen Waddle, teams can key in on him more. But he constantly delivers week after week after week. Um, you know, I, I think he's been just incredible. I think another – before I transition to the defense, which is really what we need to talk about and discuss, Jalil Billing, Billingsley – um, the tight end from Chicago, Illinois, emerging as that third weapon to kind of complement John the Don Mechie and uh, Silky Smooth Smith has been huge for this offense. And I think down the road it's going to pay dividends because it gives defenses more to prepare for another, um, you know, another matchup nightmare because – He's a bigger-sized kid, but uh, has elite athleticism, um, has really good hands, and I think he's turned in to a pretty dang good blocker as well. Um, offensive line is the best offensive line in the nation. If they don't win the Joe Moore Award, uh, that that you might as well just discontinue that award because they deserve it. They've been – every game, every game they have been – steadfast and they're elite at run blocking and in pass pro uh so uh, that's all i have to say about the offense but the key to alabama becoming a complete team was their defense shep as you said earlier in the year they struggled and really to me they've only struggled in one game and that was against Ole miss i thought they played well against missouri and well against texas a&m who we've learned is a pretty dang good football team um, and the reason the defense has improved, four players, Will Anderson, Tim Smith, Brian Branch, and baby Minka, Malachi Moore. Those guys, I mean, y'all, I don't know what, you know, I don't know how excited you got about that interception that Malachi Moore made, but that like, bro, that, that is like textbook. 
you can't like you can't play that ball any better than that. Like his technique, the way he broke on the ball, and he's covering like the fastest dude in college football in Anthony Schwartz. Um, and then on the second interception, he he's the one that blows the screen up that allows for Brian Branch to pick that ball off and take it to like the five yard line. He was involved in that, and that's two freshmen making an instant impact and kind of um, shoring up a deficiency, which was the secondary, mainly safety play early in the year. I think both of them, both of them have been incredible. Will Anderson consistently gets pressure on the quarterback um, and does a really good job of just being disruptive. Uh, Tim Smith, uh, boys and girls, I'll tell you this right now, next year, I mean, he's already a problem, but next year that dude is going to be Deron Payne, Quinn and Williams type problem. He's been, he is going to be so disruptive. Um, and I think that's the key for Alabama really um, turning the corner defensively. And uh, I think the sky's the limit for this team because I still think that they can get better. Uh, I think Sark did a great job, you know, coaching. In uh, Saban's absence, I mean, y'all, that that offensive play call that he had where, uh, you know, Smitty faked that he was blocking on that, like he was almost blocking for a wide receiver screen with Baker, you know, and then he slips out and does the RPO. Matt gets hit, throws a ride on the money, and he outruns everyone in the end zone. That's just a beautiful concept. Like that, that's high-level scheming and RPO game. Um I mean, I just I couldn't I could wax poetically about this team um, over and over and over again. But Chef, what out of the four freshmen that I kind of mentioned on defense, which one sticks out to you as kind of being like the linchpin or the main catalyst for the the improvement in the Alabama defense? Um, ooh, I I would probably say Malachi Moore. Yeah. Uh, I think he just kind of gives that that different defensive back, athletic, um, good hands, um, somebody that you know, like you don't really have to worry about them not being in the right spot kind of deal. Yeah. Um, and he could really become somebody who kind of flourishes at Alabama and even at the next level. Yeah. Uh, especially, I mean, that interception he had this week, it really, for me anyways, it makes me think like, yes, like textbook, like he did exactly what he was supposed to do, but there's some things you just can't teach. It was insane. And you could see that on that play. Like he was, he was playing the wide receiver. He played the ball and it was like, boom, he was there, made the play. Didn't think anything about it. Like instincts kicked in and you can tell when a guy's different because of his instincts. Um, so I would say he's probably the biggest impact um, so far um, that I see and and improving to impact the team in the next few years. Um, but I got a question for you and Swall. Okay. Um, to kind of shift back towards the offense here, um, just a for for us for this answer, short answer for me. Um, it's two questions. Okay. So the first okay. question is: Mac Jones playing this year? Um, and doing so well, is it the perfect storm like LSU had last year with Joe Burrow? Would you compare those situations? And then secondly, um, you know, 
with all if Mac Jones continues to improve, he's probably going to go to the NFL this next year. What team do you see him fitting oh, best uh, in with? Um, so I'll I'll actually let Suave answer that first. Good. So Suave, um, go ahead, hit that for us, and let us know what you're thinking. All right, so to answer your first question, I think this is uh, another storm year like uh, Joe Burrow had at LSU. I'm going to say no. Uh, mm-hmm. J- Joe Burrow, he, he played the whole entire season before, and it, it was up and down. Uh, Matt came in at the end of last season, and his only, I guess you call it a struggle game, was against Auburn. He threw two, pick, two picks. Uh, one was a pick six. And I mean, you you saw what he did when they two, both of them were, yeah. Okay, well, both of them were pick sixes, but I mean, you saw how he turned it around in the Michigan game and in the bowl game. I mean, he was great. He had three or four touchdowns and led them to victory. And this year, with the completion percentage, his QBR, and I mean, he he doesn't have the stats Kyle Trask is doing because Kyle Trask is. I would consider him to be more the Joe Burrow yearish thing, okay. uh, for, for my opinion. And the best fit for Mac okay. Jones, I'd say go to the Saints. Uh, I've seen that. As, I would as, as of right now. Uh, the Saints are playing their tight end. That's what he's listed in as the NFL as their starting quarterback. So that tells mm-hmm. me that they do not have enough faith in Jameis Winston. I don't get too much into NFL stuff. But that's where I think Mac Jones should go to. What about you, Hampton? Uh, Swab, that is great analysis. I'm totally with you. I don't think it's a Joe Burrow thing, and this is why. Not only did Joe Burrow play in 2018 and not play as well, but that LSU team, it did catch lightning in a bottle. Alabama, this is what separates them from other programs. They maintain that consistency year in. And year out, like right. this year is not them being in the SEC championship hunt, the national championship hunt. It's not new. It's not abnormal. Uh, I think, and I think, like Swap said, Mac flashed glimpses of this last year, and I just think he improved. I think uh, he put in the work, and in my opinion, he has one of the best quarterback developers in the nation, in Sark, who. Um, has tailored this offense perfectly to fit what he does well and to help him out in every way that he can. Uh, So that would be my answer to that. The team that I would like him to get drafted by, um, I know this is no slight toward Mac, but, like, if the difference between, like, him and Trevor Lawrence and Justin Fields – I think those guys could go to a bad team and kind of make them not good, but they can make them competitive, kind of like Joe Burrow did. Stay afloat. Yes, kind of like Joe Burrow did with Cincinnati. I think Mac, to truly thrive, needs support around him, kind of like Suave with the Saints. Like they got a good offensive line. You got Alvin Kamara. You got weapons. You got a good offensive coach. I think he needs pieces like that to be, like, really successful. The team that I would love for him to be on, and I think he would thrive, is the Colts. Think about it. Great offensive line, 
good, you know, solid running game, good head coach, good defense. And um, I think if they drafted another weapon or two, like I really like that Michael Pittman kid that they got. Um, oh, yeah. I think Mac could do really well there. Also would be playing indoors, uh, which I think is always a benefit. Um, that would be my pick for Mac uh, is to go to the Colts or go to a team that is set up like them for him to kind of step in and uh, not have to worry about who he's throwing to and who's protecting them. What about you, Shep? You got any thoughts on that? Yeah, I really I, – I think you all both hit the nail on the hammer. Uh, hit the nail on the, on the nail. <laughs> yeah. Um, with talking about Burrow, I think Suave made a really good point in, in Burrow's uh, season um, last year, really being like Kyle Trask. Um, and I haven't really thought about that much, but if you think about it, they've really almost in a sense, you know, they're both putting up like video game, like numbers yeah. um, on teams that aren't really consistent year in and year out, like Alabama um, for um, Mac Jones purposes for getting drafted. Um, I would say the main team that I think he would flourish on. And the reason I say this, that it, it may not happen. Um, but I, I, I really like him on the Cowboys. I was thinking the um, same thing too. I like I, that too. I know a lot of people probably are like the Cowboys defense is horrible, but let's be honest. Like if you can put up points in the NFL, your defense can be horrible. I mean, th- look at Seattle in a sense. Like, their defense is pretty trash, yeah. and they're still winning games. Um, and, you, I mean, think about this. You pair them with Zeke. You pair them with a decent offensive line. Um, they got a lot of injuries this year. Then you got C.D. Lamb, Amari Cooper. Um, would even bring out Michael Gallup a little more. Um, you have Schultz as a tight end. I mean, I just think that would be a really good fit for Mac. But my only problem is – I feel like Mac is one of those QBs who has a has really good college success. Mm-hmm. Um, and like you said, if he goes to a bad team, it would push him out of the league a little quicker. Yeah. Um, in my opinion. So I feel like, you know, where teams would take a risk on Trevor Lawrence, Justin Fields, even though, you know, they may be a risk, they may not be a risk. I think Ohio State quarterbacks in the NFL is a risk anyways, but that's a mm-hmm. debate for another day. Um, I think Mac is going to be more of a guy probably drafted like 10 through 25 ish just because it's like, Oh, he played at Alabama. He had everybody around him mm-hmm. sort of deal. So that may actually benefit Mac in the long run, but I just wanted to see what y'all's opinion on that was. And I really like, like both of y'all's opinion on that. I think all of those would be really good fits for him. Yeah. Um, and his career in the NFL. Yeah, no, I'm with you. I'm I'm glad you asked that question, because uh, it's an interesting thing to kind of think about. Because um, I definitely think he should leave after this year. His stock will never be higher, and right. you've got a guy waiting in the wings who I think is going to be a stud in his own right in Bryce Young. Uh, so strike while the iron's hot, Matt. Go get paid, and thank you for all you've done for the University of Alabama. Uh, been a great story and been a joy to watch him play this year. It really has. Um, anything else on the Iron Bowl before we move on to Players of the Week? No, I'm good. I'm good. good? All right. I, I, I mean, I think we covered 
pretty much everything. Sorry I got long-winded talking about the, um, you know, all the facets of the game, but I just thought it was a very well-rounded performance by Alabama. And, um, you know, Auburn continued the trend of pulling Eakin one out and uh, Jordan Hare and then getting blown out in Bryant-Denny. Uh, that's just kind of how it goes in this rivalry. And uh, it'll be interesting to see how they respond next week against Texas A&M. I know we'll get to that uh, a little bit later in the show, but uh, that would definitely that will be interesting, uh, to say the least. So, Suave, as we do every week here on the Trojan Tailgate Network, we pick our Impact Player of the Week. So, I want you to tell me who your Impact Player of the Week was for uh, this past weekend in SEC play. I'll be glad to tell you, my uh, player of the week was Larry oh. Roundtree for Missouri. He had 21 Ooh. carries for Ooh. 160 yards, averaged 7.6 yards a carry and three touchdowns. And he also had a reception for 23 yards against uh, the good Vanderbilt team. I, I, I'm high on. And, and, <laughs> and, fighting and Sarah Fuller. Shout Fours. out to Sarah <laughs> Fuller for making the uh, – she got some award this – Past week, uh, for special don't give me don't get me started on that. Special teams player don't give me started like that. So uh, shout out yeah. to our, oh, special uh, teams. <laughs> Who's your player of the week, Chip? Well, I'm just gonna say, Swab. I'm disappointed in your Vanderbilt team. Um, they really the let whole me down. SEC. I hate to say this, and no offense to any ladies out there, because we love the ladies. But Sarah Fuller literally kicked a ball 37 yards. Yep. Like, I, like anybody, I can't kick it 37 yards, I'm sure. But it's like, come on, really? Like, we're going to give a, a a participation trophy? Like, I'm trying to get one in our fantasy league. I can't even get that. Come on <laughs> I was now. just about to say. <laughs> but uh, my, my impact player for the week, um, I would like to go with a, a very special guy from Florida who's going to be a really – really high pick one day um but i'm gonna go with george's running back james cook he had six carries for 104 yards and two touchdowns um dalvin cook's little brother there you go um dude i hate to say this but dude's a menace like georgia has i don't know how they keep recruiting the a two-headed monster but somehow they find it at running back and james cook is has been that second guy and it's just been paying off yeah um in most of their games i won't say all of their games but James Cook's my pick this week. Hampton, are you going with Matt Corral this week or no? Ah, uh, You think you kind of you? Um, are you reading my mind? Because that's almost who I picked. But I'm gonna uh, I'm gonna go with a different guy from the Ole Miss team. Um, I'm no, actually, I'm gonna go with Mississippi State quarterback Will. Uh, um, he was forty five sixty one. For 440 yards and three touchdowns, uh, Mike Leach might have found him a little something-something with this kid. Uh, he played well against Georgia, played well, um, you know, against Ole Miss, and uh, they came up short in the end. But I think um, at least the last couple of weeks they've shown a lot of fight, um, which is something they did not show, um, you know, in the games after LSU after playing LSU and beating them. Uh, so, shout out to him. I think he played really well. But also, I give a little love to Matt Corral. I uh, had another good game and Elijah Moore. Um, 
Yes. You know, I'm I'm a big Elijah Moore fan. Twelve receptions, 139 yards. Uh, I think you know, I think he's been phenomenal this year. And if it were- will he be as good as DK and AJ? No, I can tell you that much. No. <laughs> um, I think both of those guys are um, special talents. Not saying that he isn't. Um, I think for the NFL game, though, those guys are more suited and more um, well-rounded kind of for oh, yeah. So, um, you know, and before we kind of move on, look, I, I, I thought the Sarah Fuller thing was really cool and, you know, oh, yeah. good on Vanderbilt for doing that. But, man, giving her special teams player of the week, just, you know – like you said about the participation trophy type thing, kind of felt, you know, kind of felt like that. Um, I'm not going to get all up in arms about it. It's a weekly award, but, you know, it is what it is. So we'll kind of move on from there, and we will go. Guys, we're in week 14. Well, actually, technically week nine of the SEC schedule. Um, week, well, week nine for some teams, week eight for others. Um, it's kind of been all jacked up with COVID, but we're going to kind of start out with um, Texas A&M, you know, traveling to Auburn and, you know, on the hoof game kind of looks like a no brainer, but I think there's some potential for a little, uh, a little magic going on down there in the plains. Suave. Who who you got winning this one, and by how much? Uh, I, I, I'm with you with a little magic going on at the Plains, but uh, I'm going to take Texas A&M in this game. Uh, give me Texas A&M by 10. Uh, what about you, Shep? Um, well, I'm going to have to go against you here. I like the I like the magic uh-huh. in the Plains. Um, I'm going to go Auburn. Um, hot take, but Texas A&M's road, ridden the hot streak a little too long, and I think Jimbo finds a way to lose this game. Mm-hmm. I'm going to take Auburn by six. Hampton, who who you going for? Crap. This is a tough no, game. It is tough because here's the thing. Every metric, every, every little thing about this game, like even on paper talent-wise – it's A&M. It's A&M. It's A&M. It's A&M. But I know how Gus Malzahn coaches and how his teams play when that man's in desperation mode and he's hanging on at the edge of the cliff, but somehow, some way, he usually finds a way to win games like this when the heat is kind of on. Oh. Auburn by three. I mean, I, I can't believe I'm I love it. it. But give me Auburn by three. Um, I just think they'll find a way to win um, in an inexplicable fashion. Also, it's an 11 a.m. kick, uh, which, you know, A&M might not get up for the game. Or not, might not literally get up for the game. Kellen Mond may not get up for the game. Jeez, dude. Especially it being away, man. Well, and as bad as he played against LSU, the dude completed like 30% of his passes just a horrendous game from him. So, I'm sure he'll bounce back a little bit, but give me Auburn by six. I can't ugh, can't believe I'm saying it, but that's kind of where I'm at. Uh, next game that we have, 
Arkansas traveling to Missouri. Shep, who you got and how, how much? Who Arkansas at Missouri. Um, I want to lean Arkansas. I'm, I'm going to pick Arkansas. Okay. I'm going to go Arkansas by 10. Huh? Um, wow. I like what Missouri does offensively with Drinkwitz, but I think Arkansas is the more um, more developed team. Um, I think Pittman, Sam Pittman's done a good job at Arkansas. They will be without Raheem Boyd, though, for the rest of the year. Yeah, he, Raheem he Boyd. quit on his team. Um, he did quit on his team. Don't like to see that yeah. from an Independence U player. Um, <laughs> yep. But I'm going to take Arkansas by 10. Suave. Are you going with Drinkwitz or are you taking Pittman? I'm going to take here? Pittman with the Woo Pig Suey. Give me Arkansas by three. It's going to be yes, a close sir. game. Give me Arkansas by three. What about you, Ham? Not so fast, my friends. Give me Missouri at home. Did y'all realize that Missouri is four and three this year? They've only lost to Alabama and Tennessee early. And since then, they've gone four and one. Uh, I, re- I mean, I think Drinkwitz is doing a good job. Connor Bazelak, uh at quarterback and uh, Roundtree, Larry Roundtree at running back have done really, really well. And their defense, um, I don't think it's elite by any stretch of the imagination. But I remember when they played Alabama first game of the year, Nick Bolton at linebacker and their safeties, they'll come down and pop you now. Um, they was flying. They around. were flying around. Yeah, I really, um, I, I think they're a decent football team. Um, I think it'll be a close game. Give me Missouri by six. Uh, the next game that we have on the docket, um, it sounds good in writing, but when you break it down, probably going to be a an absolute bludgeoning. Florida traveling to Tennessee um, to Neyland Stadium to face the Volunteers. Uh, Swab, who you got in this one by how uh, much? Give me the Florida Gators by 21. Uh, what about you, Hampton? Okay. Um, I Give me Florida by um, – give me Florida by 20. I think uh, they'll play really – I think Tennessee's kind of reeling right now. Um, I think they're on freeze watch, if you know what I mean. Um, so, yeah, I like, I like Florida by 20. What about you, Shep? Ah, I also like Florida here. Traveling to Tennessee, um, I, I want to say Florida by 28, but I'm going to say Florida by 17 because I'm, I think they're going to have another slow start, um, which was very embarrassing this week. Um, but they, they ended up, you know, turned it around, became Florida, Kyle Trash, went to slinging it again to Kyle Pitts. So mm-hmm. I'm take Florida. I think it's kind of a no-brainer. Tennessee, it, it's so hard to, to see what Tennessee really has because, you know, they're, they're in a stage in their, in their rebuild with Jeremy Pruitt where it's like, hey, we're back. And then it's like all of a sudden like, oh, but you have to play all SEC schedule this year. So – it's hard to see, you know, is Pruitt really on the hot seat? Uh, possibly. I think Do it, they probably give him another year? I don't. I think they probably give him another year um, because, it, I mean, you got to think, like if Tennessee has three non – how many non-conference games, like three or four? Yeah. 
then I mean they arguably they're probably going to win their non-conference games. So that's going to no, not last year. Remember um, they lost to Georgia State and uh, BYU. Well, yeah, but BYU is I mean they're independent, um, undefeated this year. So that just shows you where their programs. Are. I know, but still Georgia State though they were te- I, they were terrible last year. Yeah, I don't want to talk about Georgia State. Our Trojans <laughs> lost because our backup. <laughs> let's not uh let's not uh delve let's not bash any trojan no we can't bash any uh alumni i just i just future. want the record to state <laughs> that i've been wearing my troy mask um i got a trojan uh t mask and i wear it upside down from now on um <laughs> because i'm just disappointed in their showings this year uh, i i get it i get it they've uh They've been disappointed, to say the least. Uh, that might be another coaching change that uh, – Hashtag we want freeze. <laughs> hashtag freeze warning. I like it. Um, <laughs> so, the next, transition into the next game that we have, uh, Vanderbilt going to Georgia. Slav, who you got? By how much? Give me the dogs by 17. What about Ooh. you, Shep? Seventeen. <laughs> wow. Goodness, Shep. Man, I got to go with the dogs, but I'm going to put them dogs. They're going to be unleashed all night. I'm going dogs by 32. Oh, um, the real question is, will Sarah Fuller get to kick an extra point or a field goal? I think not, um, <laughs> but we'll have to stay tuned for this week. Hampton, does Vanderbilt even score? No. Not even a safety, no. like the least amount of points you can get. They didn't score any on Missouri. They ain't scoring any on Georgia. Give me Georgia by 40. Oh. Vanderbilt is Yikes. dead, buried, and gone. Um, Derek Mason. RIP Derek Mason. Pour one out for the homie, Derek Mason. Uh, great guy, though. Great, great guy. guy. Love Derek Mason. Hey, he can come be a defensive analyst at Alabama. You know, I'd, I'd take him, welcome him with open arms. Him and Charlie Strong can share, a, you know, share an office together. That'd be fun. Uh, but nah, no chance. They don't stand a chance in this game. Um, next game, South Carolina going to Kentucky. Shep, who you got in this one and by how much? I think this is going to surprise y'all, but I'm taking South Carolina here. Okay. Um, and I'm, I'm going to take them by seven points. Okay. Um, I think Kentucky is probably a little too much for South Carolina, but I think Kentucky is at, at a spot where they're very kind of mis, misidentified as a team. They don't know whether they're going to run the ball every play or somewhat try to throw a pass. And that's not really working out too well. So I think South Carolina has a little more of an identity. Um, so I'm going to take them over Kentucky. Suave, are you going with the Gamecocks? Or are you going with the Wildcats? You know, uh, th- this is one of the games other than the Texas A&M Auburn game that just goes back and forth for me. Uh, as, as much as I want to pick the the Gamecocks, I think they're going to win. Uh, I, I'm going to go with the Wildcats in the close one. Uh, give me Kentucky by three. Uh, what about you, Hampton? I hate to copy you, but give me Kentucky by three. Uh, I just – I don't trust South Carolina. They didn't look good against uh, – who did they play this – who did they play last week? 
Um, they played. They played Georgia. Oh yeah, they got. I mean, they didn't look good against them. Um, yeah, give me, give me Kentucky by, give me Kentucky by six. I'll go with them. Um, I just the only player I like on South Carolina. Well, I like two players. I like Kevin Harris and I like Shy Smith. Um, I think both of those dudes are really good. Rest of the team, yeah. I mean, I mean, guys, listen. I mean, listen. Kylan Hill has six touchdowns on the year. Their quarterback only has six touchdowns. That is embarrassing. Ooh, terrible, terrible team. Um, final game of the weekend, and I know I'm excited for it. I know it's not going to be a good game, and I cannot wait for it not to be a good game. Um, Alabama's traveling down to Death Valley to play in prime time against the LSU Tigers with another one biting the dust. Terrace Marshall opting out. He didn't want the smoke. Um, their team ain't gonna is gonna be waving that white flag by halftime. Suave, who do you got and by how much? Give me Alabama by forty two. What about you, Shep? Oh man. Wow. Uh, I I think this is the obvious choice, Alabama here. Um, uh, let's just say that the that um, the Tigers will be in a gumbo after this week <laughs> because because Alabama is just gonna just gonna prepare them up. Sous Su- chef, um, sous chef Sark gonna be in there mixing up the gumbo if you know what I'm saying. I hear you. Um, Put- I'm gonna go crab Bama. Bama by 48. Let's run up the score. Uh, no mercy on Ed Orgeron and the Death Valley death penalty Tigers. Um, Hampton, how bad are you picking Bama to do the Tigers this week? Let me tell you. It is going to be ugly Saturday night. There's no. no team that Alabama has wanted to play more than LSU after what happened last year. After Ed Orgeron ran his mouth Ooh, don't do it in the locker room by saying, they're done, we're going to beat them in recruiting, we're going to beat them on the field. And no, he didn't. He said language that is not appropriate for the Trojan Tailgate Podcast Network airwaves. They were not Absolutely. To. And I, a little birdie told me that that video was put on loop at the Alabama facilities on the – week that they were originally supposed to play before LSU got scared and did that the first time. Well, guess what, LSU? You ain't – you can't – there's nowhere you can run. There's nowhere you can hide to escape what's about to happen on Saturday night. Give me Alabama by 52. The backups are in by midway third quarter. And they – four and two. Bryce Young going to throw for 150. Paul Tyson might – Whoa, chill, chill. Oh, chill, chill. You're going too hard. It's going to be that bad. I cannot wait to see. Uh, Man, I hope that – I hope that – you know, and remember the Titans when Coach Yost gives them the good old speech about your blitz all night, and, you know, I want you to let them know to remember forever the night they played the Titans, and then he says, leave no doubt. Alabama's going to leave no doubt on Saturday night. So, um Crap, I'm getting fired up where I'm about ready to go play the dog. Um, but, 
<laughs> y'all got any more thoughts on that game? I think uh, I think we covered it, but I think it's going to be ugly, ugly, ugly. Wow, that's all I have to say is wow. Wow, do you like that? <laughs> I love it, dude. I, I, dude, I hate to say this, but we've never watched a game together. But I don't know if I could watch a game with you, Hampton, because I feel like you're one of those guys that just like, ooh, 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 like you just get so excited, like you want to jump <laughs> out of the TV. That's, yeah. oh, that's pretty accurate. Not every play, but you know, for big for big ones, I'll get you know. Get the, get the get the yelling going on. I'll I'll run around the living room a little bit. We'll prance around the living room like it's my like my own football field, you know. Well, but my next time. question so, is: if you uh, don't do that, do you, do you really care about watching the game? Do, do you really enjoy the sport? That's what I'm saying. Uh, hey, you know what? You know what my coach told me, Shep. He said, "If it means something to you, you can't stand still." So I don't that do coach during the game. No, that's oh, okay. Saber. That man said that before uh, LSU 2008. He said that, and then he said, uh, you know, you got to go dominate your box and make the oh, other guy quit in front that. of you. <laughs> Oof, God, if you want to get fired up and get your <laughs> get your blood pumping, watch that before we ride into Baton Rouge on, uh, on Saturday <laughs> I just watch the Tim Tebow speech every time. Oh, the uh, you will never find another team that will never play the way that we'll play. What the promise man. speech? Yeah, the promise speech, man. That gets me every time, man. Yeah, it's pretty good. It's pretty good. That's why he's one of the better college football players of my lifetime. I can tell you that. Um, but guys, that was. I think we covered everything in the. You know, we covered the Iron Bowl. Picked our Impact Players of the Week. And picked um, the games for this upcoming week, and we are winding on down. We're uh, heading toward uh, the Alabama Florida matchup in the SEC championship. If both teams win this weekend, and I know that one is going to be a fun game to kind of dive deep dive in and break down. Um, there's a lot of matchups that can be exploited on both sides, and um, I, I personally can't wait for that one. So, uh, guys, be sure to follow us on all of our social media platforms. Um, we are on Instagram and Twitter. And be sure to listen to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify Podcasts, and Google Podcasts. Wherever uh, you get your um, podcasts, we're probably, um, you know, available on there. So just let us know. Um, what you what you think of the show? How we can improve, and anything you'd like to hear for the show? I know um, one of my buddies asked. Um, you know, we can briefly, like yes or no answer. If uh, Cincinnati deserves to be in the playoff, if Ohio State, um, you know, doesn't get in, you know, which might happen with them not playing enough games, uh, but uh, we appreciate all the feedback, appreciate all the support. And uh, we can't, you know, can't wait to talk to y'all next week about another week of SEC action. Um, So for myself, Shep, and Suave, we hope y'all have a great week.
Welcome to the Trojan Tailgate Podcast Network. I am proud to introduce to you today your home for honest sports analysis that you won't hear anywhere else. All from a group of friends that met at Troy University. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. And here's your host, Hampton Sipper. <laughs> 